On today's show, I have back with me Ryan Bastris from Pennsylvania doing a Zoom conversation. Today's question, is it easier for you to criticize than pray for somebody? If so, there might be a need of a shift of your perspective in your passion. Here's a few things that came to mind during our conversation. This is a season of animation. Don't resist the agitation. Embrace your agitation. Agitated people will produce something, but the question is, what are you producing? Are you agitated in the season? Develop the character of God. Without the spirit, we are just a bunch of lifeless bones. Knowledge is good, but applied knowledge is better. Coming up is the whole conversation that I have with Ryan. Welcome to the Millennium Beat Podcast, where we like to encourage the world one story at a time. Now get ready to hear stories from around the world that encourage and uplift you. Now to the show with your host, Kevin James. Well, everybody, this is the Millennium Beat, your host, Kevin James. I'm on the, not the phone today. I'm on Zoom with Ryan Bastris. Hello. Hello, Ryan. Hey, buddy. It's good to be here. I think this is round four. It is definitely round four, beginning of many other times. I'm sure I'll have you on, Come on. a lot. So. Hey, I received that, man. We were talking on the phone a little bit or on email about what God is doing today. We're still sure. in a pandemic. We're still in the crisis that the um, the earth is still seeing going on. It's been going on for, I don't know, since January or December, actually, where it really started. Yeah, probably. Yep. Some churches are open. Some churches aren't. Um, mm -hmm. Some stores are open. Some stores aren't. It depends on what state you live in. Like here in Florida, we're in phase one. Like restaurants yep. are partially open, um, outdoor seating, churches, you know, are meeting, stuff like that. But what's going on in your state? <laughs> what's your state but of mind? The, the, the better question is what's not going on in our state right now. Um, yeah, we got uh, um, our, our governor here in Pennsylvania actually has made the decision to uh, do colored phases. So you have the red phase, yellow phase, green phase. Uh, the red and yellow phase, um, really, there's no difference, really. Um, they, uh, when you move into the yellow phase, there's a lot of restrict. Uh, I'm sorry, there's a lot of lockdown that's lifted. Uh, so you don't have to stay at home. Uh, unfortunately, I'm in a county right now that's still in red. So we're still technically in lockdown. Um, and uh, I feel that you know, our governor is going extremely slow uh, with opening our state back up and uh, taking maybe some liberties that he really doesn't have and uh, really trying to flex some power uh, here. And um, I do believe, you know, we still need to use wisdom. We still need to, you know, use some caution. Right. Um, but I believe it went from uh, specifically in our state and I probably in a lot of states, but I felt like it went from being a medical thing and a medical concern to a political thing um, and a political concern. Um, yes, I want people safe, uh, but I believe um, we we have we. I, I don't think others are so concerned about keeping people safe as they are about controlling people. And uh, so um, there's a lot that I'm discerning that's going on in government, and all I can do is pray. And 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 I feel like as I pray for government, uh, as I pray specifically for my governor, it seems like I grow in you know. 
uh, compassion for him. And, uh, you know, um, the Lord spoke this to me not too long ago. He says, Ryan, when the fruit of the spirit grows in you, then you personally grow in the gifts of the spirit. Right. Uh, because there's nothing that God wouldn't share with himself. And so like when our heart becomes more like his, uh, that means our response will be more like his. And so I feel like then God can entrust us with more and will share with us more. Uh, and we can operate more in the gifts when we uh, first allow the fruit to grow in us. I think that's First Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 14.1. Paul says, pursue love, mm-hmm. right? And then desire spiritual gifts and above all that you would prophesy. And we've talked about that verse before. Right. But the thing that really stood out was he said, pursue love. He didn't say pursue gifts. He said, pursue love. And when you pursue love and you grow in love and your heart starts to look more like your father's, I think the more the father can entrust in you and uh, it can entrust you with more. And, uh, and, and, and I feel like, man, when we grow in the fruit, then we will grow in the gift and our gift will grow. And so I'm, I've been growing in discernment. Mm-hmm. And I can realize how, you know, I needed to grow in love because when I look at, man, this discernment and, 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 and what I'm discerning in the spirit, man, I have to have love to respond in an appropriate way towards not just governors, but churches, pastors, leaders. When I discern something and Holy Spirit lets me in on something, I'm realizing, man, the love and the compassion that I need to have, you know what I mean? So that I respond from a position of love and not from a position of anger uh, or, uh, you know, I don't respond from a position that is opposite of the character of God, you know? So I say all of that to say we're, you know, in a place where it's very frustrating in our state, but I'm, I'm I'm praying more than ever to just grow in love for government and growing love for the people that are in government. And uh, really, I'm praying that they wake up, man, and uh, they turn their hearts to God and and, and make things right uh, in, in their state. Mm-hmm. One of the things the Lord was showing or saying to me was it's easier for people to criticize than pray. Oh, that's a good word. Yep. It's so true. I mean, we it's can so always true. criticize if we don't like our government. Ah, we should do it this way or that way. But I says, okay, you're criticizing him. Are you praying for him at the same time? Come or on. are you just criticizing? Well, and, and, and here's the thing as well. The Lord spoke this to me, and that is so good, uh, Kevin. Uh, preach that. Uh, but anyways, um, Amen. something that the Lord spoke to me that I'm actually going to be speaking at a church here soon is this. Um, agitated people can be very productive people. But sometimes we have to take inventory on what we're producing. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible says, be angry and sin Sin not, not. right? Uh, So when we're agitated, I I think the most creative people and the most productive people were or are uh, agitated people. You know what I mean? Um, Or frustrated. Um, And so now this is what we can do. We could be agitated and sit in passivity and complain or we could be stirred, we could be agitated, right, to creatively press, well, first of all, press into God. And then when God downloads something in our heart, we respond and we produce something that's healthy 
Right. Um, and, 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 and it's, you know, I think the Lord will agitate us sometimes, stir us sometimes. Right. And um, when we lay before him and be anxious for nothing, he really reveals to us a plan that we should implement. And it started with maybe a little bit of agitation. Right. Um, you know, Thomas Edison, I think, was tired of being in the dark or he was tired of, you know, a can uh, having the light by candle. So he said, you know what, I'm going to be one of the guys that's going to invent this thing called the light bulb. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. use electricity and all and, and, and create the light bulb. You know what I mean? I believe there was a, po a point of agitation that brought him to a place of creative production. And it not only benefited him, but it benefited so many people. And uh, so I believe what we produce, though, um, is determined by the position of our heart. So we really need to guard our heart in this season mm -hmm. and really make sure our heart is positioned in the right place, you know, um, so that we're producing the right things. Right. One of the things on the secular version of what you were just saying was necessity is the mother of all inventions. Of all inventions, yeah. absolutely. You know, when you have a need, all of a sudden you, you can come up with a way to fix that. And that's how we invent sure. things. I think if everything was easy, then I don't think much would change. Well, amen. And I think it's like this, you know, God, Hebrew says that God corrects those that he loves. Right. Right. Um, and like I know, just let's just take relationships. You know, I'm married, love my wife. And there's times that she'll speak something into my life that's corrective. Right. And it will agitate me. It will stir me. But it brings me to a place, after I complain a little, <laughs> it brings me to a place of prayer. And can I tell you something? That agitation motivated me to a place of prayer. Me and the Lord work together and something healthy is produced. Right. And so um, uncomfortable people will change change position. And so I feel like, you know, like my wife, for instance, she'll correct me on something. It agitates me, stirs me. Right. And I lay down before the Lord. And as I work it out before the Lord, that correction and agitation brought me to a place where it produced something in me that I'll benefit from, but others will as well. Right. Yeah. You know, if I have the picture of you sitting somewhere and God kind of turns up the fire underneath you to move you, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, gonna, it's getting hot in here. You know, it's, it's like, I need to move. I, I mean, in life, it's like, if we, I had a, a podcast a couple of days ago, uh, about a week ago was, uh, if you don't like what you see in the mirror, you can change it. You know, that was the title of podcast. Change it. You know, and, and when we see yep, things in our life, sometimes we don't put that mirror in front of us. So we don't see. And God says, okay, sure. well, you really need to change. Because this is what I'm saying is corrective course correction. You know, sometimes you might be yeah. a little bit off. The old story is if you were only a micro off between here and the moon, but, you know, starting off with a, just a little bit of off, off, off course, by the time you get to the moon, you've missed the moon by a, a miles, you know. Um, a miles, a miles. Yeah, miles. It, where God is sometimes saying, okay, God, okay, guys, we need to make a little correction in what way you're going. Cause yes. God has a plan and absolutely. And he sees the big picture, you know, so absolutely. And, 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 and his plans always involve us prospering. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, right. like he is showing us those plans to prosper us, which blesses him. Right. And um, he, here's an example of God just tweaking something, God tweaking things, if you will. Um, the other week I was reading in Genesis 26 how 
Isaac was blessed in the famine. Right. And I'm like, well, man, we're in a pandemic, you know, we're in somewhat of like, a uh, this, you know, famine, if you will. And, you know, I have a ministry I'm running and, you know, family and a household and stuff. And I'm like, Lord, I'm going to pray that you would just bring your blessings in the, in the midst of this famine. And so I lay before the Lord with this scripture in my heart. And I even laid my Bible out before the Lord. And I said, okay, Genesis 26, Lord, you blessed Isaac in the famine. Mm -hmm. And this is what the Lord did. He shifted my perspective and he said, Ryan, look at what Isaac did though. And Isaac was obedient to go to Gerar. He was obedient to sow when God told him to sow in Genesis 26. And then he reaped multiple blessings. If he would have went to Egypt or other places mm -hmm. uh, against God's word, he would have found himself, you know, not as blessed, but he adhered to the word of God. He was obedient to God. And guess what? It led him to multiple blessings. And so I'm having this dialogue with the Lord where I'm going in with this perspective, Lord, bless me in the famine and the Lord. And when I left the time of prayer, though, the Lord tweaked me a little bit. And he said, Ryan, he says, I don't want you to pray. Okay. Bless me in the famine. He says, I want you to say, okay, how do I be a blessing? And also, I want you to ask the question, where am I to be obedient in the midst of this uh, pandemic, in the midst of this famine? Where am I to be obedient? I don't want to miss it. Where am I to be obedient? And so my prayer shifted from, bless me, Lord, to because of God's critique, God's change, God's correction in my life. In that moment, I went from God blessed me to how can I be a blessing and where am I to be obedient? And when I got up from that time of prayer, my wife came downstairs and we prayed into it. I shared my heart with her. We prayed into it. At the end of the prayer, she says, okay, and it was in agreement. We were in agreement because we were both sensing the same thing. Where are we going to sell? Where are we going to give some finances out of our ministry to bless other people? I was praying at first, God, send the money. And God was like, I want you to ask, where do you send the money out? You know what I mean? Not about the money coming in. Where is it going out and who is it going to bless? And so we, you know, ended up picking a figure and blessing someone. And I don't say that to brag, right. but I'm saying how I went into that time of prayer with one perspective and I came wow. out because of God's wise counsel and correction. Um, it came another way, like, like I came out a different way, you know, uh, be anxious for nothing. Philippians 4, 6 says, but in everything by prayer. So I went into that place of prayer with one perspective and I left with another and it, it reminded me of the disciples and I forget the address. It's in the new Testament, of course, in one of the gospels, but uh, there's all kinds of trouble uh, and whatnot around them. And the disciples look at Jesus and they're like, man, do you just want us to call down fire? You know what I mean? And Jesus speaks into their life. And, and, and I love this. He didn't say, I don't want you to have that zeal. Right. He, he loved their passion. He just redirected it right? and he sharpened it and he harnessed it. You know, a proverb says without a vision, people perish, or it says without a vision, people cast off restraint. Okay. And so wisdom is a healthy restraint and it directs passion. It directs our zeal in the right way. When I was younger, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, I had a lot of zeal, but very little wisdom. But the Lord has now directed my passion through wisdom. And so, man, I had a passion to want to bless, right, uh, or be blessed. 
but God just redirected it where it was like, okay, I want you to be blessed. And right. Just have faith, Ryan. I'll bless you. But he redirected me in that moment through wisdom uh, and, and rechanneled my passion. And it was like, okay, the passion I had to want to be blessed, it shifted to having a passion to want to bless. You know what I mean? And, and, and it was just a, a small little shift, a small little critique. And can I tell you something? Like Isaac. I went from, you know, okay, God, I need a blessing to where am I to be obedient? We are obedient and we're reaping a blessing, you know, but after that time of prayer, it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to sow this so I get blessed. It was just like, I want to be a blessing. You know what I mean? So, so that's just like an example, a personal story of kind of what we're talking about right now, right. you know? Um, so yeah, it's good. I don't know. Does this sound like what you're talking about? And because you know me, God always shows me the titles in different times. Shift of your passion. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, well, because like sometimes God's got to shift your perspective to redirect your passion. Okay, how about this? A shift of your perspective of your passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Because like you, sometimes we got to shift like our perspective so that we can redirect our passion, man, right. you know, um, because God wants us to have passion, but he wants us to have the right perspective so that we utilize our passion, um, our, the right way that, you know, he wants to shift our perspective, give us the right perspective so that we don't misuse or mishandle our passion. Right. So I guess this is what I come up with a shift of, let me see if I can read my own writing here, a shift <laughs> Oh, it's your. It's like I'm trying to. My your looks like an. It looks like a. My Y looks like a S. So yours, a shift of your passion. <laughs> uh, no, a shift of your perspective in your passion. Amen. There you go. Sounds Good like, man. Yeah. Sounds something. You know, because it is. It's like you're talking about. You go in one way and you came out another. So it's a shift of the what you went in praying for one way, but then the Lord kind of shifted it around, and then you ended up praying yeah. another way coming out of it so it's a shift of your perspective yeah, and, of your passion so yeah and it was a good it was like a good healthy correction it, mm -hmm. because like when sometimes when we hear okay the lord corrects we look at it in a negative way or maybe we pull up you know our history with correction and we're like man i was corrected these ways is that how god corrects me you right. know is that how god will correct my father my mother corrected me this way uh, or others correcting me this way. Is this how God will correct, you know? Mm -hmm. And so correction or yeah, correction can be like a curse word, if you will, you know what I mean? Um, but it's, it, but, but it's, it's gentle, but it's authoritative when it comes from God, you know what I mean? Um, because God wants to form in us um, his attributes. And so he corrects by confronting areas in our life that are not, uh, a good representation of him mm -hmm. and 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 it's causing us to live below what we're called to and 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 if we are then we're dragging people down with us you know what i mean right. so god's got us in mind and others that we are influencing in mind and so if he can raise us up then he can use us to raise up others as well right. and um so yeah so so and and it's gentle but it's very f fierce it's very authoritative um, but, but yet it's so gentle at the same time. And, you know, coming out of that, that man, God really does love me. You know right. what I mean? Like God really does love me. And he just wants me to do well. 
And, uh, and that's what happened. And so that was just a brief little example um, uh, of, of how God corrects me, you know what I mean? And redirects me and redirects my passion. Man. Right. Uh, Lord was also showing is we are developing the character of God and he's molding us into his image. Amen. That's really good. Cause Pro, uh, Philippians one, it says he who has begun a good work in us, will see it to its completion. Right. Uh, Paul tells Timothy to exercise godliness. You know what I mean? And, and godliness is God likeness. And yes, God wants us to hunger for and desire for his character to become ours so that everything that we do towards others comes from the character of God that dwells in us. And um, I just want to be a representation of the father, you know, and uh, you just spoke something, Kevin, that really is kind of pointing to where uh, or to what I wanted to share with you guys. Okay. And that is forming the character of within us. You know what I mean? Um, because if I can just say this real quick, uh, and I would love to hear your heart on the matter as well. Um, Second Timothy, and I won't read all of it, but Second Timothy chapter three, verse five, it says Second Timothy three five, having a full godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. And if I could just read one more scripture that really. I think we'll speak to where God wants us to go. It's Titus 1.16. They uh, profess to know God, but in works, they deny him, being a disobedient and disqualified for every good work. And I read those scriptures, and, and the Lord directed me to Ezekiel 37, and I've talked about this story before. It's one of my favorite stories. It's one of the uh, stories that I believe God centers a lot of different types of messages. Uh, he forms a lot of different messages for me to preach out of this portion of Scripture, and they're all different types of points. But in Ezekiel 37, um, Ezekiel, like it was formed in him through this vision what God wanted him to do but he actually went and he demonstrated it. He actually went and he did it. And um, the thing that's crazy is he prophesies of the dry bones and then he prophesies of the breath so that the bones can be animated. And what's crazy is Ezekiel sees the bones when he prophesies them in his valley of dry bones vision. He's standing there. He sees the bones. This man in the vision says prophesy to the dry bones. He prophesies to the dry bones and there's an army that's raised up of people that, you know, the bones come together, joints and there, all the, you know, all the stuff, you know, muscles and, and ligaments and flesh and stuff come upon these, these, these people and they raise up as an army. And, and, and Ezekiel is like, man, well, they're not animated. They're not moving. There's no action. And, and the guy says, uh, God says, prophesy to the breath, prophesy to the four winds, man of God. And so he prophesies to the breath and they start to move. And reading what we just read in, um, you know, uh, in Timothy, where it says, you know, they had a, a second Timothy, they had a form of godliness, but denied the power thereof. In Ezekiel 37, they were formed 
but they had no power to be animated. Mm. Spirit there prophesied to this a breath is actually prophesied to the spirit for the spirit to come and to animate, to cause motion to come in something that has no motion. And so for me, I can do nothing apart from the Holy Spirit. Jesus did nothing apart from the Holy Spirit. Everything he did was ordained by God. He followed through, he followed through with the plans of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit empowered him to heal. Holy Spirit empowered him to reproduce or to produce, to birth the desires of God. God wants us to know that he wants us to be his spokesman. He wants us to go on the earth demonstrating his character, demonstrating his power. But we can't do any of that apart from the Holy Spirit. If right. Jesus couldn't do it apart from Holy Spirit, we can't do it apart from the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit empowers what he ordains. Mm -hmm. And so I want to walk as much as I can uh, in the character of God, just for my own benefit fit, but for the benefit of others. And it's Holy Spirit that forms it in me, but it's also Holy Spirit that empowers me to become it. And, and, and here's the thing, man, is in Ezekiel 37, um, the bones formed, okay, they had a form of godliness. Let's just use that as a metaphor, but they denied the power thereof. They had no power. And so he prophesies the spirit and the spirit animates these bones. And the thing that the Lord's been really speaking to me about, and I'll calm down, but this is a real passionate thing in me, is is we all have sat under several sermons, and several instructions, right? But there's no demonstration of it, right? Uh, we look no different. You know what I mean? We have information, but no application. Like for me, I want in services, I want the demonstration of Holy Spirit to show up and heal and bless and bring breakthrough. But man, I want Holy Spirit to empower me. I want to be animated in the things that have been formed in me. Um, you know, the Bible says to know what to do, you know, to know what to do, that's good, but to not do it, it's like sin. You know what I mean? And I'm tired of having a form of what, like, I know it's been formed in me, what God desires from me. And Holy Spirit's there to produce it in me and to empower me to start it and to walk it out. But I, and I don't want to deny that power. I don't want to, just have this information with no application is what I'm trying to say. I want to be like Ezekiel and say, okay, I know the desire of God, but I want this to be demonstrated in my life. I want this to be demonstrated in my actions. I want my character to demonstrate this thing that I know about God. And I want to be like Ezekiel and I want to be like, man, it's formed in me, but it's not animated. I'm not acting on it. I'm not living it out. I'm not walking it out. And like, I want to be at a place and I am at this place where I am fed up that what I know is not what I express and what I do in every area of my life. And this is a season where I feel like I'm really surrendering with, to God and saying, God, I don't want to do life. I don't want to do ministry. I don't want to do family. I don't want to do relationships without you and, and 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 i don't want to do this stuff anymore um out of what i think is right because it can be so destructive i want to do life family ministry relationships i want to do that uh, i want to do life like that 
empowered by you, stewarding what you desire and expressing what you desire in family, in ministry, in life. And, and, and for me and Ezekiel, the bones were formed, but they had no animation. And there's people sitting in church that have so much information that has formed so much in them. And they're very knowledgeable people, but they're not very active people. And so like Ezekiel, I'm praying, Holy Spirit, animate these things in my life. I want to take what I know and I want to become it. I've beheld it. Now I want to become it. Man. And that's where I'm at in this season. And I feel like we should in this season be provoked, be agitated that certain things that we know God likes, right? We should be provoked and agitated that those things that God likes aren't fully animated in our life. And we should fall on our face and pray for Holy Spirit to convict us, stir us, and animate in us and through us what God likes. And like I said earlier, and it all fits, and I'm going to stop, but agitated people will produce something. But the question is, what are you producing? Are you producing what God liked out of that agitation or what God dislikes? And for me, I am agitated in this season, taking inventory in my life and seeing that there is certain things in my life that are not in alignment with what God desires. And this season, me and Holy Spirit are setting the record straight. We're getting some things right where I'm going from information to application. And that has started and will be empowered all by the Holy Spirit. Cool, cool. Well, Lord, I'm sitting here like, I got something. Like, the Lord is saying something. He said this, without the Spirit, we're just a bunch of lifeless bones. Yes. Yeah, we're without the, with the spirit, without the spirit, we're just a bunch of lifeless bones. Also, he was saying Come on. knowledge is good, but applied knowledge is better. And, and I've always agreed with Absolutely. what you said is how many times, I mean, I was in the Amway back years ago. If I would have applied to all that knowledge I would be, I would be a millionaire today. You know, if I would apply, but I didn't. And how many people sit in church and they'll hear a good message because we have them so often, you know, like I'll have another. And then we just don't have time to apply it because we need, you know, if we apply what we learn, we would be much better off in life. Absolutely. Whether it's a word from you know God in the sense of a church setting or even a setting like this or a business meeting. You know, if we apply what we learn, yeah, we remember what right off. So what were you going to say? I was just going to say this to add to that. It's so good is, um, you know, throughout the Bible, you have people that were provoked or agitated because they didn't have something, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And they really travailed for it. And the Lord heard their cry and right. answered and blessed. Right. And, and for me, like I was having a conversation with my, my good friend the other day. I'm tired. I, like I, I told the Lord, I wrote this in my journal. Lord, I don't want to just have another service. I don't want to have another service where Holy Spirit didn't show up. Right. I want Holy Spirit to sh- show up, and I want powerful demonstrations of the of Holy Spirit. See, I, I I see what is lacking, and I'm travailing and praying for it to show up. I'm agitated. And it's bringing me to a place where me and the Lord, it's going to produce something. That agitation is going to produce something that blesses me, but blesses others. And, and, and I'm frustrated. It's like, like Hannah, man, you know, 
she wanted a child, you know, and she's crying out before the Lord, you know, in first Samuel about having a child. And she says, whenever I receive this Lord, I'll dedicate it right back to you. And, and my buddy brought this point up and, 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 and that, that's my heart, man. It's like, I want us to be so stirred that we don't have either, uh, a specific characteristic of God active in our life that Holy Spirit is willing to empower us to walk out where I want us to be so stirred and agitated, my friend, that we're not seeing a demonstration of what's been talked about. I, I remember, um, you know, not a few years ago, I remember reading stories in the Bible of healings and signs and miracles and wonders. And I'm like, man, that's so amazing. And I would preach off of stories in the Bible, which you should. I mean, it's biblical. It's good. It's God. But the Lord is, but I got to a point where I was agitated. I was like, Lord, I want those, those stories that I reference to stir a hunger in me, see miracles today to see miracles tomorrow. And I want to share stories from the Bible of how you showed up and showed off. But I also want to share stories of where you've showed up and showed off in my life because I had faith and look what it produced. And so for me, I am stirred and agitated and, and, and in a good way where I'm like, Lord, I want to see your kingdom come and your will be done. I don't want it to just be something I say. I want it to be something I walk in. I want it to be something I demonstrate, and it's something that I want to press in with others and see demonstrated before us. And 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 that's man. I think us, the Father trying to get us back to what really matters the most. And I am tired of information with no demonstration. And I want to see demonstrations of that. And it's like we have so much formed in us, but what has been formed in us is the stern expectation in us for those things to actually be animated in my life. And like Ezekiel, I'm seeing things that have been formed in my life, but I'm provoked and I'm saying, I want to possess that. I want to grow in that Holy spirit come and animate those things. And, right. and, and if I could just say this, just for those who are listening and I'll back off a little, cause I know we want to watch our time, but let me just encourage you guys with this Ezekiel. Okay. Formed bones. And, uh, and, and they became an army and then he prophesies to the breath and they become animated. And this is a thing that the Lord wanted me to share with you guys. I believe this is a season, Kevin, of animation. I believe this is a season where we should go after demonstrations of the Holy Spirit in our lives and through our lives and around us. But I really believe that this is a season of animation in the sense of the prophetic words that we've been standing on. Okay. God may have given you a promise right here in his word, which is prophetic. Maybe there's a prophetic word you received personally, and it was confirmed by a prophet. Or maybe you received the prophetic word uh, from a prophet that you prayed and God confirmed. See, when you receive a word from the Lord, either prophetic or a whisper from Holy Spirit or a promise from God that really stands out when you read the Bible, that forms a vision in you, Kevin. That forms an expectation. And that forms so much. Come on, somebody, right? But we can get frustrated because sometimes it's formed, but it's not animated. You know, it's not fulfilled. We haven't seen it demonstrated. We haven't seen it manifested. And what I see in my spirit right now is this is a season that Holy Spirit is hovering over some of those promises. I believe this is a season that Holy Spirit is going to animate. He's going to bring to life, and you're going to see certain promises filled. 
just like Ezekiel is like, okay, this is formed, but they're not living. They're not active. They're not animated. I believe we've been saying that, okay, this prophetic word, this vision, this desire we have because of this promise that the Lord showed me or shared with me, it's formed in me. I have a vision for it. I want to see it happen, but it's lifeless right now. I prophesy some of those things, Holy Spirit's breathing upon in this season and causing those things to become active, animated, and fulfilled. Mm. Come on. Amen. One of the things the Lord was showing me while we were speaking is, is don't resist the agitation. Embrace your agitation. Embrace it. Absolutely. Embrace it. Don't resist it. Embrace it. Yeah. Absolutely. So. And, 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 and when we're agitated, we're stirred. We don't like where we are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay to say, you know, I don't like where I'm at right now. And that's what I think, you know, <clears throat> What is produced is not just based off the position of our heart. It's based off of what voice we're listening to right. and the voice that we're following, you know? And, and, and honestly, I believe there's a holy agitation in the church and it's okay. Right. But I believe that it's going to cause the church to produce some phenomenal undocumented things in this season. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Well, we wanted to, uh, we knew that we're going to keep this one a little shorter than our normal one hour podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> let's wrap up. Absolutely. Uh, That's why I was saying I'm winding down. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I always tell it. Well, somebody says, I don't know what preacher says. Okay. We're going to take this airplane and make it land, <laughs> make the airplane. Landed. We're going to land the airplane, <laughs> but, um, let's Ryan pray some, um, somebody's listening and you know, they're agitated or not agitated, you know, it's a good thing to be agitated. So, Lord, if they're not agitated, agitate them because in agitation, there's growth. So, uh, whatever the Lord's leading on you for our closing prayer, go right ahead and let's do it and to do it. And then we'll close with that. So, Father, I just pray that you uh, stir us, Father, like Hannah, you know, like the woman with the issue of blood, you know, like blind Bartimaeus, you know, they lacked something, but it brought them to something. And so, Father, I pray that you stir us. Let us be like Hannah. We're like, we're like, you know what? It's not okay that we're barren. It's not okay that we don't have this thing. Father, let us be like that woman with the issue of blood, blind Bartimaeus, you know, so many others. You know, the disciples were agitated at times. Father, stir us. Father, stir us. And, Father, I pray for those who are agitated that they would be stirred with hope that you're going to lead them to great provision. I think of how the Israelites in Exodus, they cried out before you, God, and you told Moses, I've heard their cries, I've seen their afflictions, and I'm going to come down. That word come down means you're going to march down and take care of it. So, Father, I pray right now that that you would stir hope in those who are agitated, that you're going to march down, you're going to take care of it. And I pray that you stir them to stay persistent until they see the light at the end of the tunnel the light at the end of the tunnel, and they step into it. And, Father, I pray that they'll continue to cry out like uh, the Israelites, that they'll continue to cry out like blind Bartimaeus, that they'll continue to press like the woman with the issue of blood, that they'll continue to cry out before you, Lord, like Hannah. But, Father, I pray right now, and I prophesy this, that just like Hannah cried out in desperation to have a child, and when she received one, she she sang a prayer to you, God. I prophesy that those who are agitated or those who will, 
Father, I pray that you will agitate them to say, you know what, this barrenness is not okay, and I'm agitated. I want to see something produced, and I pray that they stay persistent until they produce. But, Father, I prophesy this, because I feel like you're leading me to, that they, that they will sing a song of prayer or praise, so to speak, when you fulfill and you march down and give. And Father, I thank you that we're agitated, but you're going to direct our agitation the right way. Our passion for change, Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, you whisper wisdom to channel our passion in the right direction. Shift our perspective even to be able to redirect our passion. But Father, I pray right now that you would agitate and stir up your people where they say, you know what? God hasn't been showing up in a long time. Or, or, or I haven't been hungering for God to show up in a long time. Father, I pray that you stir them up to say, you know what? We're going we're gonna to see that change. We're going to press and we're going to pray until something is produced that satisfies us and pleases God. Father, we thank you for that. We pray that this be a year of animation, this year be a year of fulfillment, that this year be a year that whatever was conceived will be birthed. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're going to see to it that the desires of God are produced in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. This is the Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. I've been on the computer with Ryan Bastros. Ryan, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. Bless you guys. Oh, yes. Again, thank you again. Uh, everybody else, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in today to the Millennium Beat Podcast. I hope you heard something that was encouraging to you. We'd like to hear from you with your story. So write us at stories at themillenniumbeat.com or give us a call at 407-624-9957 and leave us a voicemail. You may also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we have a YouTube channel. Please like us and share us with your friends. You may also go to our website at themillenniumbeat.com and you'll find our podcast and our YouTube video. You also may find a calendar there with past and future guests and dates and times. Plus, another way for you to contact us with your stories or questions. This has been a Millennium Beat LLC production, copyright 2020. Views and opinions of the guests are not always the views and opinions of the Millennium Beat LLC. To the Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. I'm going to give you a little snippet of a show called Family Matters with your host, Paul Kendall. If you want to hear more shows like that, go to KendallFamilyNetwork.com. Once again, I'd like to thank Paul Kendall for the use of his show. Welcome to Family Matters, a daily look inside the real world of parents and their children. I'm your host, Paul Kendall. Financial stress is one of the greatest causes of marriage problems and a great contributor to many divorces today. According to the Federal Reserve, over 40% of U.S. families spend more than they earn. Now, no one intends to create more debt than they can pay when they sign on the dotted line. But most of us know it can sure creep up on you over the years. In the first year of our marriage, my wife and I had a financial problem. I was in sales, but there were some lean weeks I didn't even have money for gas. And then one day, the answer came. We called it 
the credit card from God. A national gasoline company had apparently been moved upon by God to send us a credit card. We danced and shouted, God has heard our cry, and off to the gas station we went to fill our empty tank. A month and four fill-ups later, we realized that we hadn't received a bill. Two months, three months, and even four months later, no bill. This really is a credit card from God. Then it came, the bill, for over $500 worth of gasoline. Aw, but these people were so nice, they only asked for a minimum payment of $35. What do you think we paid? Yep, the $35 and not a penny more. The end of that year, we received a not-so-nice letter from the company that issued us the credit card from God. We regret to inform you that your account has been closed. You have reached your maximum limit of $2,500. And it took us years to pay off that one year of gasoline. I guess it wasn't a credit card from God after all. In Luke 14, 28, Jesus said, Which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? The first step in financial restoration is admitting the fact that you did this to yourself. And once you accept the fact that only you created the problem, you'll understand that only you can fix it. So, before you sign on the dotted line, stop and consider the cost and your ability to pay it. And when the bill comes in, don't carry balances forward. Pay it all. If you can't, then your credit card wasn't from God either. That's Family Matters. I'm Paul Kendall. For more Family Matters and a free copy of our budget guide, log on to ziontabernacle.com.